Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 17, Roustabout, from 1964. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. Mike, have you ever heard the word Roustabout before? Never. They <laughs> love saying that word in this movie. I was like, oh, she said the word. Yep. And then like, there's like two minutes go by, mm-hmm. and then they don't stop saying the word. Nope, it's basically Leo pointing at the screen the whole time, just going, mm. There's the, oh, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. <laughs> But there's the song, It's Carnival Time, where there's a line says that says, Roustabouts, Roustaboutin', and there's happy shouts, children shouting. I'm like, no one's... I looked up what Roustabout is. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's an occupational term traditionally referred to a worker with broad-based, nonspecific skills, in particular, used to describe show or circus workers oh. who handled materials for construction on fairgrounds. In modern times, it's applied to rural employment, such as those assisting sheep shearing and positions in the oil industry. Wow. What I will tell you, I had never heard the word before. <laughs> and they use it 15, 20 times in this movie? Oh, it's... Elvis it, just like, I'm a roustabout. They do a word count. It's the most used word more than the it's in crazy. the entire movie. It's so funny. Yeah, and they and they make a point. It's like, we're not carnies. We're roustabouts. And and Elvis is like, come on, y'all. I'm a roustabout now. I'm ra- Let me roustabout What do you stuff. do? Well, I'm a roustabout. It's like, <laughs> okay. like, and, and no one is just like, wait, what? So I guess it means... One of two things. Mm-hmm. Either everyone in the 60s knew the word roustabout or they just assumed <laughs> that everyone knew the word no, roustabout. I think this was a word that has fallen out of You think usage. people knew it? Okay. Yes. This is a word that doesn't need to be used anymore because, like you said, the only people being called roustabouts are working on farm shearing sheep and shit like that and, like, doing the most menial stuff. Probably on oil rigs. If you want to call someone who works on an oil rig a roustabout, Can you imagine fine. in that Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg, <laughs> Deepwater the, the, Horizon— the BP- Blowing up, mm-hmm. thing blowing up. Mark Wahlberg's just like, hey guys, <laughs> I'm a roustabout. I'm just a roustabout. I'm just a roustabout, guys. What do you want from me? <laughs> Why is he British? I don't know. He's Boston, British, Boston. In Australian and New Zealand English, it's rouseabout. R-O-U-S-E oh, about. Well, rouseabout. I'll tell, uh, I'll make sure to tell the Weekly Planet. Yes, please. Thank you so very much. <laughs> they need to know. Or Auntie Donna. So what I was, what I appreciated about roustabout on Paramount Plus. Oh, Cool. I could have watched Your, a nice high def version of it off of Brian's membership. The Damn one you it. definitely pay for. No, well, he gave me the thing I know, for, I know, I know. anyway, but like but, I watched yeah, my you're, DVD. You're, you're beloved Paramount Plus. That's right. You know, did you hear about HBO? HBO Max not going with WB for just, their name? Just Max. What the hell, man? Cinemax exists. I they didn't know. listen to our show. But uh, no, I had a nice copy. This movie looks good anyway. And I, yeah, I have the DVD, but uh, that's a bummer. I didn't get to watch it on HBO. I think it's cool. Like that's two movies in a row because mm-hmm. one was on was a primer H- HBO Max HBO Max just no H- it just Max just Ma- well I mean <laughs> when we watched it it was HBO Max but two movies in a row that like are relatively easy to watch and like you know yeah. cool and I think we're gonna be seeing that more and more I think there's something about like ever since the Elvis movie came out there's been like interest has peaked in, yeah yeah I also I was saying to you based on nothing but the length of the wiki this feels like just an Elvis movie so. This, like, not, in terms of like, like, just, like not, I don't mean that as a negative. We'll talk no, about no, the movie. No. Like, I just, I just mean it's like it's one of his movies. Yeah. So like, I feel the exact same way. Like, it's a, it's a fine, it's a perfectly fine movie. It's actually a pretty good movie, you know, for what it is. Elvis is a real jerk in it, but like, it doesn't have that extra step of insanity that we've grown to be accustomed to in Elvis. My it, it failed my test. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. I feel like it failed your test, you know, because like what would have passed your test is like, wait a minute, this guy eats swords, 
breathes fire and blows fire. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Right. But it's not the 60s right. anymore, the 50s or whatever. Also, my favorite computer game, maybe my favorite game of all time, Sam and Max at the Road. Oh, yep. Which my old cat, Sam, we named Sam and Max. and her. she had a brother, Max, uh, both passed away by now. Not to bring this podcast down four minutes in. Uh, <laughs> That whole thing is like it's a it's a uh, coast to coast. They're trying to find a missing Bigfoot, and they're going to like circuses and carnivals and whatever. And awesome. So like, I grew up with like loving carnies, like through video games. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite X Files episodes is like in season two, where there's like they're at a, they're on a carnival. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I like I think it's cool. And so like it, that's not new. What I was blown away by, Mike. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but you said yep. What if uh huh Elvis yes does the gosling thing yep and gets in that dome and i'm like there's no way and he does it. i couldn't believe it because they he watches and i'm like oh like that's like i can't believe that the thing is already it, yeah. it's, in the movie by itself it was yeah. a win and then like they stop and then elvis is like hold on and then elvis goes in and i'm just like oh my god what now, now unbelievable gra- granted it's not three guys in a in an orb yeah they're not like driving Gosling, over each other you no know, but like still for the time this was probably like that it was that for the time like there, this looks almost crazier there was a thing that said elvis did his own stunts there's not no this. way elvis did that not this I, I do believe that the stuntman who did this got a massive concussion when he hit his head well falling. <laughs> so there is, elvis got hurt in this movie we'll, we'll get to that in a second but if you do not want to know if you don't know what roused about is after a singer loses his job at a coffee shop he finds employment at a struggling carnival coffee shop i guess mm. Well, oh, it's a tea house it's because tea house, they're yes. selling to underage kids and mother's stuff. tea house or whatever, right? Was it was it mother's? What's it called? I wrote it down. Maybe Molly. Mother's tea house. His attempted, uh, oh right, but his attempted romance with a teenager leads to friction with her father. They, we were mm. like mm, teenager, but like she's just like a woman, you know, she's just a yeah. young woman, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like it's it's less creepy than the description. Much makes it less, yes. Before we talk about the movie, though, we have an email, Mike. We have an All email right. address, king at cageclub.me, or you can just send it to mailbag, whatever. I'll get it. From Dina. I've recently stumbled on Viva Pod Vegas, and I must say, as a huge Elvis fan, I'm loving the show and only five episodes in. Oh, awesome. I own all of his movies, seen a lot of them, but weirdly enough, not all of them. Okay. Thought it'd be fun to watch along and follow with the podcast. Oh, very cool. It's a very slow process, but we're getting there. Yeah, you'll have no trouble keeping up. I think it's interesting to hear the perspectives from fresh eyes of people who like Elvis and are interested in him, but learning about him and maybe don't, quote, love him yet... But I know you will before the end. Uh-huh. Yet. Exactly. Looking forward to upcoming episodes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dina. Very nice. Thank you, Dina. See, yeah, man, I love it. We're reaching older Elvis fans, newer Elvis fans, and they're understanding us, where we're coming from as Elvis fans, yes. too. So that's very cool. Mike, there's only one tagline for this movie. I find that impossible to believe. I feel like it's a natural progression of, like, we're not good at our jobs. We're only going to do one of them. <laughs> well, there's only one tagline that I could picture what what's oh you were gonna do your homework you spend i'm gonna say this think of think of a tagline do you have a tagline for this movie yeah what's your tagline elvis joins the snow show to be a true snowman and pull off the best snow jobs pretty good pretty good because this is this is a movie that is playing in the colonel's mind 24 7 this is the inside of the colonel's brain yeah from what i understand about the colonel he is a carny snowman snow he job up. he pops up don't worry about it. Got to research I'm, about oh, him. I'm not worried. The one tagline. <laughs> and it does a thing that they love doing. It has the alliteration. Oh, God. Elvis Presley as a roving, restless, reckless, roustabout. 
Oh, man, they couldn't fit a rumbling in there, Elvis too. Elvis Presley has a roving, restless, reckless, roustabout, all capital letters. But isn't that contradictory? Doesn't a rouse, isn't, I mean, it sounds like a roustabout is someone who's all over the place, but don't they work at the I think, I think, carnival? I think collectively they're all over the place. I gotcha, I gotcha. Like the carnival Odd moves. jobs. Yes. Kind of, okay. Well, because like the, we'll get to it, but like he, he, he hooks up with the carnival because like they're driving to the new location. Oh, like that's that They're right. at a place for a week or two or three weeks or whatever, and then they pack up shop and they go somewhere else. So he is roving, he is restless, he is reckless. No romantic. I mean, he's... Boy. Very aggressive. There is some. <laughs> he's kissier in this movie than he's been in a while. And it's just like that. This is you yeah. kiss everybody this quickly. He goes, no. <laughs> OK. okay. <laughs> All right. So we got Elvis as Charlie Rogers. I don't know if he's played a Charlie yet, but that's I think that's I think that's new. It feels new. Mm-hmm. Two first names. Charlie Roger. I'm just saying, you know, you can't trust a guy with two first. Names. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying. give me that. We got Barbara Stanwyck as Maggie Morgan. Oh, more alliteration there. So she is the lead or co-lead in both Double Indemnity and The Lady Eve. Oh, I know she looked familiar. She was ranked. This is a very specific praise, which every qualifier makes it seem less special. But it's also the 11th greatest female star of classic American cinema by the American Film Institute. Wait, the 11th greatest female star for classic American cinema. By the the AFI. By the AFI. So it's like, what? It's, I don't know why they rank people at 11, all. though. Like, 11? usually they stop at 10. Like, you would think. And even 11. <laughs> a, <laughs> a dumb baker's dozen. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Pardo on Never Not Funny calls out the lazy baker. There you go. The lazy 11 baker. is the lazy baker. So this was the last theatrically released movie of her career from this point until she died in 1990, which is, you know, 25 years later. Wow. She only appeared on TV. That's wild. Mae West, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Yeah. Fame. Refused this role, was offered, and she said no because she's like, rewrite this so that me and Elvis make out. They're like, we're not doing that. Wait, but they make out? Oh, she wants like the the fortune teller scene make out. Yeah, no, <laughs> she, no, he doesn't make out with Maggie. They kiss. Do they? Oh, right. Old Maggie. Oh, Maggie. No, like the, the, the mom. Like I'm the, sorry. Yes. yes. No. My he, bad. Every other woman in this movie he kisses, but he doesn't kiss her. Oh, I, yeah, that would be awkward. So Mae West is like, I will do it if we kiss, if I kiss Elvis. And they're like, we're not doing that. They so she says no. They should have done it. And just like not shot it, like told them we're shooting the scene and then just and then not she put goes, it in she the goes movie. to the premiere and just like, hey, look at this. Too hey, late. Where is it? We got Joan Freeman as Kathy Lean. We talked about in the last episode. She is Mrs. Jarvis in Friday the 13th, the final yes. chapter. Yeah, I recognized her definitely. In the 60s, she's also known for playing alongside Roy Orbison in the fastest guitar alive. So she's oh, yeah. you know, two different, you know, I've seen 60s that. rockers. Nice. We got Leif Erikson as her father, Joe Lean, not to be confused with Leif Erikson, the Norse the explorer. founder of America guy. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like- Are you sure they're not the same guy? I was like, there's an Interpol song called Leif Erikson, spelled differently. I'm like, who's that guy? Explorer. This guy, actor. Actor. Um, he had some sizable role somewhat in On the Waterfront, the Marlon Brando movie. Um, Jack Albertson- if you, I don't know if you recognized him. I did not. The tea house manager at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. He's uh, Grandpa Joe. He's yes. from... Uh, Kissing Cousins. Kissing Cousins, yeah. Played the, the doofy father on that. Pat- no, he was the he was the military guy. Oh, he was the military yeah, guy. Yes, that's right, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So Pat Buttram as Harry Carver, the rival carny owner. Yes, yes, yes. He is known for playing the sidekick of Gene Autry and also from Green Acres. Okay. He also has a very distinctive voice that he, in his own words, quote, never quite made it through puberty, which I heard him just mm. like, not really. 
he was an old-timey saloon guy in Your Beloved, just because of Part 3, Back to the Future 3. Oh, yes, yeah, because he's got that voice. It almost sounds like Slim Pickens' voice. Mm-hmm. Right? He sounds a little like this. He plays bullet number one in Roger in Rabbit. In Roger Rabbit, yeah. And he did a, a lot more animation voice work. That's fantastic. And, and he's got to be the guy that they're imprinting the, he's the colonel right he plays the colonel and like he's he to me feels yes. like the colonel yeah. where he's like i am going to steal your act i am going to have elvis as my own well because like what's crazy <laughs> about him and we'll get to him is that like this guy is just like come work for me i'll pay you better and you'll be the star of the show and elvis is just like no i'm loyal to them or i'm loyal to no one but like he's just like i got money I'm successful. Yeah. I want you, Elvis. This isn't the last, this isn't the first time and I hope it's not the last that Elvis seems to be throwing these subliminal jabs at the Colonel into his movies. Like, I feel like this was also in like Fun in Acapulco where someone Colonel-esque was like, I will pay you more and I will take you to the sky. We will reach the stars. And Elvis is like, no thanks, buddy. Wait, is that Elvis throwing jabs or is that the Colonel saying, these other people want to take you around the world. You don't want to go with them. You want to stay with me. Mm. Could be either way. See, they both think they're having it their way. <laughs> but really, the colonel's having it his way. It's always the colonel's way. I don't know who she is in this movie, but Joan Staley comes back as Marge. I don't remember a Marge, but she's back from Kissing Cousin. She was the one who was in the original Cape Fear and the original Ocean's Eleven and Breakfast right. at Tiffany's. Like, she, was, she wasn't the fortune teller lady? She's the only no, no, other no. woman with like a big role. Okay. I have the, well, we'll get to the fortune teller later because I have, when she pops up, I have stuff about her. I don't know who, do you know Arthur Nielsen in this movie played by Dabs Greer? Not sure. He's Is he you know, the he's, guy fixing the ride, maybe? Maybe he's or like maybe the fire breather. He's like eighth or ninth build. He's not a huge part in this movie, but he's a regular in Gunsmoke and other sixty shows. But he this is what I told you. This is this is a wild this guy pops up. He is the hundred and eight year old version of Tom Hanks in the Green Mile. Oh, weird. So I was like, this is a wild connection. Hanks next gen. And then he's also old man under truck in Con Air. What the hell is that? So I messaged Mark Hoffmeyer of Con Air, the podcast, who just went incredibly viral on Reddit this week because he posted a thing about Vin Diesel's sleeveless shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Amazing that. stuff. So I was like, hey, I found this guy, Dabs Greer. I don't know who this is. I don't know if you've gotten him yet. And Mark says, yeah, he's the old dude that talks to Nick Cage and tells him not to do drugs. Okay. Sure. Um, so, all right, here's my Cage connection. And he's also in a bunch of old horror movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and House of Wax yeah. and stuff like that. It's funny you say Con Air, because I got a very big Con Air vibe from the opening of this movie and Jailhouse Rock, where Elvis, I mean, we'll get into it when we get into the movie, oh, yeah. but Elvis gets into a fight and mm-hmm. almost commits manslaughter, yeah. like in the first five yeah. minutes of this movie. And the guys are like, watch out, he knows karate. Uh, and like, so Elvis had to convince the director, John Rich, who won Emmys for the Dick Van Dyke show and All in the Family. He's like, wow. I know karate. I can do this. And they're like, please, Elvis, don't do this. He's like, oh, I no. really want to do this. Oh, no. They're like, all right, fine, do this. So as he's fighting, Elvis gets hit in the head. And so that Band-Aid that he's wearing yeah. is an actual Band-Aid. Oh, my God. And so they had to write in the scene where he gets run off the road because Elvis had a big scar on his head or whatever, or a big cut on his head because what? he convinced them to do the karate. Wait, the entire... Exciting incident. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. That's what I read. Wait, what was the move? What was know. the movie before he hurt himself? Maybe he just he just shows up at the. Maybe he like he just sees a pretty girl and she's like, "Hey, I'm in the circus. Come work with us or whatever." Like then then they're, they need to figure out a way to like get him to leave. Mm. I don't know. This this scene is like. Do you see cool as ice? Uh huh. 
it's basically the scene where she's on the horse and he's on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? And he's trying to impress her, except she's in the car with her father. And then her fucking father fucking drives Elvis off the road go into Elvis, a fence. Go Elvis, go. Go Elvis, go Elvis, That is go. hilarious. I, I hope that's true. That is so funny. Again, I do as much as read the Wikipedia. I know. I'm not saying... I'm not going... That. I'm not clicking. I don't want you to. This is, these, this is the best limit. If I'm wrong... So be it. Email in or don't tell us. <laughs> Except the, the mystery. This, you know, what do they say? The story's better than what actually happened, right? When, when, fix truth, the truth, yeah, whatever. The, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Wait, so that was your cage connection, the Con Air thing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So this movie, written by Alan Weiss, who wrote Blue Hawaii. Okay. Wrote Girls, 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 Boats with Boats, uh-uh. and Fun in Acapulco. He it was also written by this guy Anthony Lawrence who will write the Kurt Russell Elvis movie. The he next will, one, you mean? Oh, no. Oh, no, the one where he plays Elvis. The movie oh, Elvis Because we've already seen Kurt Russell kick Elvis in the shin. He will also Fair. write two upcoming Elvis Elvis movies, Paradise Hawaiian Style and Easy Come, Easy Go. So it huh. feels like it's kind of the ghost of Elvis past and the ghost of Elvis future, where it's two writers who are like, I've done three movies already. I'm going to do three movies. Interesting. And they're meeting here in the middle. Wow, it's like a handoff, handing off the baton or something. It's funny he's going to do another Hawaii. He's going back to Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he ever really leaves Hawaii. It's a state of mind. <laughs> it's as far away from the mainland as he could ever get, too. So it's like, man, I'd really like to just go all the way to Japan, but this is an island anyway. Closer, as far as I can get. Produced by Hal B. Wallace of Casablanca and Adventures of Robin Hood fame, and also wow. Paramount fame. Wow. Yeah, those are two amazing movies. Did he pop up in? The Godfather show? What was his name? Hal B. Wallace. No, I think this was before okay. it was bought out by uh, the company. That gotcha. And cinematography on this done by Lucian Ballard, who did Kubrick's The Killing. He also did The Wild Bunch and The Getaway. Wow. But of note to this podcast, he did The Parent Trap, which you brought up, oh. I think, on a recent episode. The original Parent Trap. Yeah, swappy swap. Mm-hmm. And he will also direct the concert film Elvis, That's the Way It Is from 1970. Oh, cool, cool. So this guy, you know, it just seems like he did a bunch of different stuff, but like, you know, of note there. Very nice. So background for this, reviews overall were kind of middling, but they seem to say that the, the movie showcased Elvis in a nice way. Oh, wait, what? That's what the reviews seem Dude, to say. Elvis, Elvis's character... It's a bastard. I don't like this guy. It took me a long time to like this guy, but we'll get it there. We'll get I also it feel it. like this is the least Elvis. Like, I feel like it's just him. Like the vibe I got while watching this movie, you know, old, the beach that makes you old. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know how like that little kid in very M night Shyamalan way is like, hello, what is your name and occupation? Yeah, yes. Yes. Hi, my name is Chris. Who are you? What do you do for a living? It feels like Elvis just like, well, what you got over here? And they're like, well, I'm a, it feels like <laughs> an advertisement for like all carnivals. I feel you. Well, and okay. it's just like, well, I'm a fire swallower. Here's what I do. Here's yeah. how I operate. It's just like, we don't need to know all that's this. Like, so early on, I, I like it. I don't think we need it, but I don't, but like, that's the impression I got. No, it's just like a kid, like, and what's over here and what's over I here. I feel you. And like, it doesn't have to be Elvis. It could be anybody. And Elvis is like, oh, interesting. What do you got? No. Yeah. It doesn't. Feel like a movie in that sense, right? I think we it feels more like content, like we were talking about the Mario movie a little bit and how there's like the lack of story. This movie is better than Mario. No, movie. I know that, but <laughs> in the same vein, there's very little story here. Yeah, there's yeah. like you could really say there's no story whatsoever. Elvis goes to a carnival and works there, is the story uh-huh. and like learns to like it. I like, and we need to remember 
when we guess the next movies, even for this one, you're like, remember, nothing has to happen. But I don't right, think right. We, we, I think we still overestimated. No, no wedding. How nothing. Right. Happens. How little actually needs to happen. And that why in that sense, in that sense, like, that's why I feel like this is just the colonel being like, we need to remind people what the carnival was, you yeah. know, and they don't want to see Elvis movies. They will go to the carnival then. And like, we need to get them, you know, and so it just constantly early on in my head i just couldn't get that thought out of my head that like the colonel's loving this this is everything the colonel's ever wanted was for the world to see what the carnival's really like mm -hmm. and i think they do a good job of being like the carnival's cool it's fun yeah. it could be a cool place to be now i don't think that's the truth by any means either i think that carnivals are like dangerous and seedy places where you could get hurt probably but like for a movie it was you know I, as I just kept thinking of it as an ad for the carnival, yeah. basically. But not just like a specific, not like Ring Bing Brothers or whatever, just like go to no. your local carnival. Yeah, just general carnival kind of thing. Movie financed by Big Carnival. The Village Voice <laughs> called this the Citizen Kane of jukebox movies, which I don't Wait, understand any of. What does that mean? I don't know the words that sentence makes don't up. Don't know. Didn't explore that quote. Didn't want to. Just love the quote, the Citizen Kane of jukebox movies. Instead of roustabout, they should have called it the snowman. Yeah. <laughs> and then people would have been really confused. It hit number eight of the box office, finishes the number oh. 28 film that year, made three million really? bucks. The soundtrack hit number one on the Billboard album chart, and it was the final soundtrack to reach number one and his last number one album until 1973's Aloha from Hawaii via Satellite. Oh, wow. So almost a decade between number ones, but this was his last, I guess, hurrah. Uh-oh. Like Kissing Cousins, this... this this seems Wait, I, I don't want anything to be like Kissing Cousins. Like Kissing Cousins, the screenplay was nominated by the WGA for Best Written American Musical. Wait, there's what? nothing there's nothing happened. There's no screenplay. The screenplay's like ten pages long. Elvis goes to a carnival, sings some songs, goes to another no, another carnival, sings some other songs, <laughs> comes back to the first carnival, sings some more songs, movie ends. I feel like the screenplay was someone took a map of the carnival and was like, Okay, we start here mm -hmm. and we go here mm -hmm. and we just shoot everywhere along mm -hmm. the way. <laughs> I don't understand how that other movie got nominated either. Well, like his and cousins, they both lost to Mary Poppins, like an actual movie. <laughs> um, at the end, if you'll remember, Elvis lifts a kid into the arms of a man. Did you recognize that man? No. He's Jaws from Bond. Oh, how about that? What's yeah. he just doing there? Just wasted. Hanging out. The strong. He played the strong man, Richard Keel. All right, he's just wasted. I mean, Bru like, okay, so one of my favorite movies for a long time was the Todd Browning film Freaks. Love it. Yeah, and there is a severe lack of like getting to know everyone at this carnival. You know, I feel like they introduce a lot of it's people very level. and then they disappear. Yeah. Like there's even a little person and yep. he disappears. Yep. The sword swallower for Christ's sake. Like, yeah, Elvis is like, Hey kids, get out of here. He's like, I'm 28. It's like, all right. And then he's like, what are you eating? <laughs> and, and the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very one note. One of the college kids at the tea house is Raquel Welch in a very early role. Oh, I knew she was in this movie. I couldn't find her. Also, you mean the college kids that are like 40? <laughs> Yes, it's, it's very. They came back from war and then went to college. It's very what Sean from Tokyo Drift goes to college and looks like, basically, right? Okay, so here's the note that you've been waiting for. Okay, coming from a, I left this verbatim because I wanted to make sure I didn't lose any notes. Coming from a carnival background, Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker, I am a real person, by the way. Do not look into that. Was very involved with the creation of the script. You must be kidding me. He came up with all kinds of suggestions, Wiki writes, from toning down some of the high-flown language to injecting many notes of the actual carnival quote-unquote business yes. into the story. In his communications with the director, Hal Wallace, that's the producer, not the director, 
Wiki, goddammit. He was very careful to stress that he would not be party to a picture that cheapened carnival life. <laughs> Wait, cheap? You can't cheapen carnival life. That it was a wholesome way of life in which the participants had a legitimate pride. It is a place where anyone can go and disappear and lose and be lost from the rest of the world and reinvent themselves, even if they are a criminal. What I love about the carnival slant or bias or whatever you want to call it uh -huh. is that when Elvis is talking to Kathy in the beginning like when they, when they first meet and she's using like all these words he's like what are you saying speaking oh, all the signs and stuff and she's that, just like yeah no 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 that's how we know that you're a carny because you can understand us we cool. don't want to be associated with those normal people like we have a different it's just like oh that's the snowman being like yep nice. we're better than you oh we've yeah. got our own language absolutely they they look down on us but it is us who is tricking them yeah we will eat with the money from their pockets tonight. Yep. <laughs> and then the only other note. He didn't want to cheapen the carnival. He didn't want to cheapen the carnival, man. He wanted to make sure that people knew the carnival way of life was a good way of life. I don't see the term snowman job anywhere, anywhere in this carnival. And that's all I saw in his office in the movie. I am the snowman of the uh -huh, year. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And we will pull a snow job. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, well. maybe. maybe Not even a, a snow cone. Maybe, no, there was a sign for snow cones. Oh, okay, never mind. It's a then. snow cone's 15 cents. All right, so we got the snow in. So once again, for another movie in a row, the same issue happened here. They're like, you have a matter of weeks to write these songs. Oh, my God. And so Colonel Tom's assistant, this guy, Freddie Beanstock, Beinstock, was tasked to ensure the soundtrack songs fit into the profit equation oh. with publishing either owned by Elvis or Gladys Music, the, the companies owned by Presley and Parker. Um, as such, the two screenwriter or two songwriters, Blackwell and Scott, basically is like, fuck this. We're done. Like, I'm, we're, we're not <laughs> doing this again. Would you blame them? <laughs> so they wrote a song called I'm a Roused About, which Elvis recorded mm -hmm. and got lost, quote unquote, oh, lost. No. It was only discovered in 2003. Oh, wow. But like the title track, I'm a Roused About, they wrote. And it, never got, it, it got subbed out for the, the Rousabouts in the movie. Weird. Some people say that Hal B. Wallace didn't like their line, stick it in his ear, which was apparently in their lyrics. Why? Is that a slang term back then? What know. does that mean? Stick, stick what? Is his dick? I don't know, man. <laughs> what? Don't know. Don't know. But like, they're like, we can't do this again. Like, you're, you're making too many movies. We can't write all these songs. <laughs> you're making too many movies. And so they eventually, you know, like I was saying, the LP, before we start recording, the LP is 11 tracks and only 20 minutes long. Yeah, it's like a there's, Ramones record. There's one song, and I don't know how long it is, because I didn't add them to the Elvis Spotify playlist that I've been building, but there's one song that's like 40 seconds long, where it's like, he starts playing a song just like, if you want to hear the whole thing, yeah. come over later. But, and then like, But that's the whole song. They fade to black, and then they come back and sing a different song. It's just like, well, what about the other song? Like, There's a know. couple of those where it's like samples. There's mm -hmm. just moments of songs. Yeah. Anyway, that's all my background for this. So we open up once again with the title song "Roused About" over the opening credits. Yes, it, uh, it's fine. It's a, yeah. I I find I don't really. I think I maybe have one song that really stuck out to me this entire movie. I think I don't remember. I'm not going to remember any of these songs, but I think there are at least three, if not four, songs mm -hmm. that I was like, "This is pretty good." Like this feels like a higher yeah. quality song than we've had in recent movies. I think what helps is they don't need to fit it into any genre-based music. Like, they're not writing a mariachi right. record album or anything like that. And, like, they all sound mostly like classic Elvis tunes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of reskinned, if you will. And I don't think that I knew, again, showing my ignorance here, I don't think I knew any of these songs 
before the movie. Yeah, and if I did, I don't remember. Especially considering this is a number one album. You know what huh. I mean? Like, it feels like I would, I would have, like, I don't know if there's any hit. I don't know. I don't know. So the movie opens at Mother's Tea House, like we talked about. Elvis is performing on stage mm-hmm. and flirting with the cute girls from the stage and their fellas. And he sings that other song. It. He sings some other songs. He sings Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy League. League because he's making fun of the jocks. Yes. Or, or the college kid. They're not tep- jocks. They're college boys. And the girls. Well, yeah, the dude, that one dude in particular is like, are you their father? But he's like in a varsity jacket. It's just like, no, you're <laughs> okay. The men all hate it. The girls love it. But there's a line from the song that I wrote down. How can they flunk? They're so full of bunk. That Poison Ivy League. They're so full of bunk. Don't know. So they go outside. Because they challenge Elvis to a fight. And they're talking about his sickle. Not his right. cycle. His, his sickle. sickle. And he's like, where you guys been? Don't you know we call them motorcycles now? Yeah. <laughs> you call them bikes? That, that word went out with the time. And Elvis beats him up with a karate and gets arrested. And then a girl bails him out. And he's like, thanks, but I got to go. She's like, let me come with you. She says, nope. Nope. And we never see her again. <laughs> Two things about this reminded me of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm. First, his bike mm-hmm. looks exactly like Pee Wee's bike. Yes. And the second, this whole, you don't want any of this, Dottie. I'm a loner. A I'm rebel. a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I didn't realize until just now, but this is one of at least twice, if not more in this movie, where he's like, Thanks so much for your generosity. I'll pay you back. And we never, <laughs> never see, him see him again. Back. And again, this is another one where like he rides off and she's just like, I love him. Yeah. She says, keep in touch, you big ape. As like he's riding, like she slaps him and she's like, oh, but I'm so in love with him. And meanwhile, he like never knew her name. <laughs> we don't know her name. I know, but I'm saying like, I know, you know, even if he never paid attention to her before. No. But that that sets up Elvis for this movie. Like, yeah, he's he's a roustabout. He's a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, well, he just doesn't. He's so angry. So he his drive, which he says once or twice, is he wants to be a big star. Yeah. Which I feel like is a different is a new thing for him. It's the right thing, right? Yes. This is what I've been saying. I couldn't tell weird, you how happy. But it's weird. Oh, it's very weird. Where a big star is like, I want to be a big star and I'm going to step on people to get there. It's no, like, that is perfect. <laughs> Not for Elvis, but that's a good movie, you it know? It is a good movie. Um, I just don't know why he or the colonel would allow it. Like, the that, farther we go in this, it's just like, why are you letting him do this? It reminds me of that Tom Petty song with the Johnny Depp. What was that one? We became like a rock star and like stepped on everyone to get there. And then, uh, I don't know, it was a famous music video. But like what I was happy about when this movie opened and what it continues to do is that Elvis is a singer. Mm-hmm. He's known to sing. Yeah. Already, vocation-wise, perfect. Yeah. You nailed it. Yes. I, what's he trying to do the whole time in this movie? Get a job singing. Yep. Finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I could almost say you know, right now that like most of the music has been worked in almost like on point, you know, almost as best as it could because they finally are wised up and we're like, let's just do a movie where, where he sings yeah, and he's supposed to be singing. Yeah. And like, that's all he wants to do. Yeah. And people in theory, even though we never see it, promote him as a singer. Right. Cause like later in this movie, he starts singing and the carnival is a huge hit. And then he leaves and the carnival dies, basically. And then he comes back and the carnival's filled again. I'm like, but we don't see like them being like, 
come see Elvis. Exactly. It's just like people just sense that he's the, there. The other guy does that. Yeah. Colonel, the, the Colonel Tom. Yeah. Colonel's like, we finally got Elvis. Come yeah. check him out. And right. they do. You know what was weird about that is that that show is just a sh- people are sitting in the stands watching a show about going to the carnival and seeing Elvis. Yeah, sing. they're not going to they the carnival. They just go to the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like we're watching a movie of people watching a show about going to the carnival. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like we, we went to the carnival in the movie. Now let's take a step back and let's go to a show about going to the carnival. And let's take a step back and remember that you're in the theater going to see a show about a said blah, 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 Now blah, someone's blah. listening to this podcast yeah. about us watching a movie about them going to the carnival. Anyway. And then when there's the whoever does the Viva Pod Vegas talking dead, where it's just like they're talking about us talking about the. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <sighs> that would be terrible. Don't do Because this that. is basically the talking dead for the Elvis movies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what podcasts are. Yeah. We're all Chris Hardwick. Minus, I was going to say minus the Hardwick. Yeah, minus which, the which we don't abusive. No one whatever. needs the Hardwick. Anyway, better songs here, better better news. <laughs> he sings "Wheels on My Heels," sings to himself as he rides his sickle west. And this is the first, not the last time in the movie, where there's a backing band that we don't see. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole like instrumentation, orchestral, whatever behind him, and he's just singing to himself, riding the bike. Yeah, I, I know it's not great. In terms of like realism, but I liked how it was this long, continuous shot of actually Elvis actually singing yeah. on his actual yeah. bike. Yeah. Like that was cool to watch. It's pretty solid. But I agree with you. Like they they cheated there for sure. And this is where you where you mentioned before he gets into a road rage incident with the people <laughs> going to the carnival and he gets run off the road and crashes through a fence. He's got his bike leathers on too. He's got the leather jacket. It's like the real like Mutt Williams look going on mm-hmm. here. <laughs> I'm sorry, like sorry, the, Williams. the Wally Brando look. Thank you, thank you. Which which reference do you think fewer people get? <laughs> Wally Williams? Brando. No one knows Twin Peaks to return, that one scene of Michael Sarah. <laughs> no one knows that. Um, the Dharma is my road. So there's, okay, uh, what we've talked about in a lot of Elvis movies recently is there is this need for artificial conflict which we're, right. we'll get to the big one later there's a bigger one later but throughout this entire movie kathy's dad is like fuck this guy and yeah, it's like yeah, why yeah, yeah. and there's no there's never well, really a reason other than his daughter he all his his wife is dead or whatever wife is gone all he has left is his daughter mm-hmm. and she's falling in love with elvis well nah elvis is after his daughter but she's, elvis is after everyone no but like Another reason that's you not don't, a defense. I know, but that's another reason you don't yeah, want him near right, her. Right. She isn't throwing signals back like for a long time, you know? So it's kind of like, stop fucking bothering my daughter. Honestly, I don't know that she ever really does. She no. kind of does, but not really. It, not until the very end when he finally admits that he loves her. Then she's like, all right, I'll stop being an asshole to you yeah. because I was just waiting to hear that. But like his dad or her dad is just like, even after he runs Elvis off the road, he's still yelling at Elvis as Kathy's like, we got to fix your head, man. You're Dude, bleeding from the head. The whole the whole movie, he's basically like, Elvis, if, you see, if I see you one more time, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then he just, one time he just walks up to Elvis, kicks his bike over, and beats the shit out of him. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Is Joe married to Maggie? I don't think so. Right. I think no. they're together. She's definitely not Kathy's mom. Right. 
I think they're just like riding together because she owns the carnival, right? She says something later that I definitely picked up on where she's like, we're just a collection of strays. That's the kind of family we strays, are. Strays, like the new upcoming dog movie? About the one that he wants to bite the dick off, his mm-hmm. owner's dick off? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I was thinking more like the Fast family, mm, right? Ragtag bunch of misfits. Yeah, yeah it, that's carnival life too. True. You know, and so you have like a surrogate mother. I mean, that's his real daughter, but it doesn't need to be. Even. Right, it's just family. They're yeah. they're truly, oh, I also wrote down, there's a Toretto thing that I'll get to later, but I, I definitely, I mean, I see Dom and everything, right? So like it's, <laughs> it's there. So what I like is that his his bike is wrecked. The whole thing, the reason and he's his stuck guitar. at the, well, that, that's what I'm getting to, but like his okay. bike is wrecked and that's why he has to be with them because like they have to get the, they have to get the bike fixed. But he's more concerned. It seemed like, he's like, what about the guitar? They're like, well, I'll fix that too. He's like, all right, good. <laughs> and then he has a line, which I loved. They're like, you want to work for us at the carnival while you wait? And he says, quote, as long as you don't try to pay me off in cotton candy. It's like, Elvis, no one was ever no, going to pay you off that, in cotton yeah. candy. Yeah. What, what, what were you getting paid at the tea house? Actual tea? Were you getting paid in tea? Uh, one of the carny phrases that Kathy uses is dirty show, which I'm like, oh, what's a dirty right. show? It's just a dunk tank. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking there's a, there's else. a, there's a girly show later. Yes. But even that's TGS, not like, yes. Yeah. The girly show. Yeah. From, from 30, 30 rock. rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the dirty show is just a dunk tank for women. And then she, he's like, why are you, why are you talking like this? And it's to separate herself from civilians, right? Yeah. And then this is when Elvis grabs her, kisses her, and she gets upset. And I'm like, yeah, you should get upset because that was terrible. And that that uh, the the dunking thing is going to be a major scene later. Yeah, that 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 comes back big time. But I like that one scene she had when she was showing him all the different like uh, names for the different tents, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, what's that?" And she's like, "It's the hot dog stand." He's like, well, "Why don't you just call it the hot dog stand? Why you gotta be like?" Yeah, that? and it's because that is what the colonel wants. Mm-hmm. They also make sure that Elvis is known. He has no known relatives. He's from, quote, a swamp outside Shreveport. So it's just like, right. I'm from the bayou, basically, right? Yeah, got no family. And eventually he's like, I'll work for you. But again, I won't bite the heads off any chickens. It's like, Elvis, no one is asking you to be like a freak. Like, this is not Nightmare Alley. <laughs> there is barely even... No, it's a geek, right? Geek is yeah, the one, yes. But there's barely even a freak show in this. No. Like, yes, there's a bearded lady. Yes, there's a strong man. Yes, there's a sword swallower. But it's all just like not presented as freaks. It's like, look at these interesting people you meet at the carnival kind of thing. So it's weird that they're trying to back off. So like who, how, what were the misconceptions about carnivals? And she's like, oh, it has been like that for 20 years. That's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. That's when the colonel was biting heads off of chickens. It feels like, it really does feel like this was paid for by a big carnival. Which there, there's, there's <laughs> no, that's, that's who he is. I know. That's who he is, man. So as Elvis is then touring, cause it feels like they're like, all right, you're aroused about you basically just like an odd job. You do odd jobs, right? Like whatever people need you to carry, you're going to carry. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of doing that, he just goes around and talks to people. I know. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. do a single bit of work in this entire movie <laughs> until he true. starts singing. Right. And then that's a different kind of job. But like in terms of like getting hired to do manual labor. Yeah. I don't think he carries anything anywhere. Does he? No, he, maybe he like turns a screw with a screwdriver or like a wrench once or twice. Maybe he hangs up a sign or something, but he goes over to like talk to the fortune teller and right. they just start like making out. Yes. So Madame <laughs> Mijanu, AKA Estelle. So she will return in the Elvis movie, Frankie and Johnny. She's also in UHF, the Weird Al movie. Oh, okay. So Elvis flirts with her and then suddenly she's like, he's like, she flirts back and he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, wait, why? Wait, what? It worked, dude. What? You're not interested now, or whatever. And she's like, I'll read your future. 
and I can read your your current future or whatever. And they're talking about like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, if you can read my mind, you might want to slap me. And then like later he's like, I think I can read your mind too. And like that turns him off. And then they kiss. And then a guy starts talking outside and he's like, who's that? And she says, my boyfriend. Yeah. And he says, do you care? And she says, not if you don't. He says, I don't care. And then we never meet the boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, what is going Like, it's just, this is another like beautiful woman that Elvis is just like making out with. Well, it's the rule. Like, you know, he has to be after a woman who is not reciprocating. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's another woman that he's not reciprocating. Right. That likes him. Yes. So that's that's that game. Yeah, her boyfriend's the knife thrower. I don't know that we ever meet him. Or no, we never meet him. meet him. Yeah. He then talks to the fire eater. He meets a dwarf. He then he goes to the girls in the shower and steals oh, towels from them. Terrible. Yeah, that was a bad prank. And Kathy saves the day because Kathy's just like, what? What are like, you doing? Yeah, behave yourself. Stop it. And then he's like, all right, let's go to the Ferris wheel. Test ride. And they go in the Ferris wheel and he sings the song. It's a wonderful world. It's a wonderful world. Not, not the, not, not a small world and not, you know, oh, what a wonderful yeah. world. That's, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, I, but I think this is the first like great song. Yeah. In the movie. It's a good one. And I like the idea, like they're on the Ferris wheel. It's cute. And they seem to be getting along and this, and you know, he's like, come on, man, how are we going to know unless we test it? If it's going to work or not, let's just do it. Come on, taking a break. Yeah. And so Kathy's dad comes over. And he's pissed. He's just like, where's Kathy? And Elvis is like, oh, hey, Joe. And the guy, so Cody is like the guy who's like working the Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. And he like sees Joe come over and stops him at the top of the ride. And he's just like, they're going to get in trouble if if Joe sees them. I'm going to hide them. And Elvis is like, hey, Joe. <laughs> and they come down. Joe's like pissed. And then Kathy goes away. And Cody's just like, dude, I was trying to teach you a lesson. Stop talking. Just talk less. Yeah. And Elvis is like, do. I don't get it. And what? <laughs> He's like, so what? Sing more? Yeah. All right. So then the carnival opens and we really get to the crux of the plot here, mm-hmm. which is that. Oh, right. The money. Yeah. There's no insurance. They owe a lot of money on the bank. Rep- the bike there, was, there was like an accident. Yeah. With Joe, who's responsible. Which well, is Joe why- was drunk when he crashed into Elvis. No, but before that. There was another accident? That's not. The, yeah. So the banker is there to talk about this lawsuit, right? It's like the money man. And he's like, yeah, there's that lawsuit from the accident. And they're talking about the time like Joe was like drunk and like fucked up a ride. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not, not, he's causing all sorts of problems. Yeah. So this Elvis thing is nothing. But Joe is just like an employee. Just fire him. (laughs) Like he and Kathy, like Kathy's adorable. But they're family. I know. You're missing it. You're missing it. Like you gotta. I get it. I get it. They're gonna hold on as long as possible. Yeah, coyotes are us. That's a Fast and Furious reference. So then, Elvis, who is supposed to be aroused about, is just like wandering around the carnival while it's open. Yeah. And he wins a prize at what they call the throw a baseball at the pussycat game, (laughs) which they later call the cat rack, which I thought was a pretty good name. That is a good one. And then he like. He he finds another employee. He's like, here, throw a baseball. And the guy's like, I don't want to. And he like puts him in a headlock and drags him. He's like, I don't want to do <laughs> yeah, this. He's trying to be a carnival barker. You right. know, she's like Kathy's not getting anybody, any tickets sold or anything. And she's like, he's like, I think I could do better than this. And he's like, hey, you throw this ball at this thing and give me money like, for it. The, the guy's, guy's like, like you're no. crazy. So that's when he starts singing. It's carnival time. Yep. And this works incredibly well. This is the yes. song with Roustabouts, Roustabouten. Yep. And it's carnival time. 
he like he wins a prize for a kid. He's like he throws a baseball, knocks over a cat. They're like, it's a winner. He's like, give the kid a dog or whatever. And then he says to the dad, that'll be a dollar. And I'm like, okay, so you got a dollar from the dad, but like the whole point of the carnival is like the games are impossible to win. And so you're you're getting money from them on things that they don't win. Like if you're right. winning games for kids, you're losing the carnival money. I see. Right. So he's not. It's like it's like yeah, you're bringing in dollars, but like that prize costs us two dollars. You know what I mean? It's like you you actually lost as a dollar. They're giving it away. Right. But you got to you have to give it. They they do give away to make up later. You know what I'm saying? Like they give them. I think that's the carny kind of hook, and they do it later where it's like, all right, you got a sample now. If you want more, like you got to pay up. So they might have given the one dude. They might have given the one dude the prize, right? But it's all the other people yeah. who are going to play Because then everybody's just like, I want to play. Yeah, and they're all going to lose. And Maggie sees it. She's like, oh, we got a cash cow. Yes. Like dollar signs she's, in her she's, eyes. Yeah, rubbing her hands together, dollar signs in her eyes. And then so that's when Joe is like, we got to get rid of Elvis. He's bad news. And Maggie's like, hold on. You know how much money we owe because of you. Right. He's the only one getting us money. And it's like... Look, I understand you don't want Elvis near your daughter. Okay, I get that, right? But look, he's going to get us out of debt, and the carnival is going to be up and running, and like, we'll keep him away. You know, we'll separate him. Like, just don't don't do what you're. He, Joe's tactics are all wrong because yeah. he's so mad and so angry, and it's just like if he if if they were just like, look, just just until we get out of debt, he's gone up on with Friday. Him. There it is too, right? He's gone on. He's only the movie for very clearly establishes when Elvis is out of here, and he's still like, I want him gone today. God damn it. <laughs> Right. Get that boy out of my house. So they give Elvis a new guitar and there's literally a scene of Elvis like plucking the guitar. I'm like, here we go. Here's a song. And they don't play a song. No, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is the most natural way to have a song. Like, oh, well, let me try out let my me new guitar. My exactly. <laughs> nope. The next thing we go to, though, is when he sings Carney Town, which is like the song that's at most 40 seconds long. Yeah. And this is when they're at the girly show for the audience of the Big Top Tent. And he's, he does kind of like a teaser. He's like, if you want the full thing... You yeah. pay for the show. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he sings One Track Heart, which I think is the second great song in this movie. Yes, I wrote down, I think that was my favorite song in the movie. And he's inside with the um with the with some of the dancing girls, right? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like this is like nothing made this movie for this song, but it feels like this is like, oh, we can actually showcase this way in like in a way that like has like actual like production value. Yeah. But you know what this made me think of too is like how they used to have to shoehorn songs to fit into their movies. Now it's like, okay. We had a movie like let's write a song right. based around a certain scene yep. or like let's take a song about the carnival and write a scene around it. Like it feels a little better this way, like more creative. Like and- I can see like, you know, as the songwriters, like you have, you have three weeks to write 11 songs. Like I can't do that. <laughs> like, but, give me but the it's rope like, right now. It's like, OK, myself. so like tell me things about the movie. It's like, well, Elvis is on a motorcycle a lot. He's at a carnival. He like sings at the carnival. It's like, OK, so like we can write songs while he's on the motorcycle. We don't know what the context, but like the song's about like the open road or whatever. It's like, yeah, OK, yeah. That's, you can just fit that in. And like whatever, and he's like, he's at the carnival and he's singing the song or whatever, and he's got a one track heart and whatever. Or like you know, it's like at the, the opening at the tea house. Like in the script, it's probably like Elvis is singing a song, looking at girls in the crowd. Their boyfriends are getting mad at him. Yeah. All right, let's write a song about that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This goes over so well, and Maggie's like, "I want you to stick around. We want to give you a contract. Contract. Whatever." Yep. And Elvis says, "No, Friday's my go day. I don't buy the whole scene. No contract." And then this is when I wrote down, he's no Dom Toretto because Elvis admits he knows nothing about family mm-hmm. and also he can't fix his own bike. So I'm like, there's two things to do. There's no bike, there's no mechanics. <laughs> yeah, we need Elvis from the last movie to fix this bike from Viva Las Vegas. We need the mechanic Elvis. 
And so then he goes to Madame Mijanou, the fortune teller, and she's just like, I don't get you. Like, what is your deal, man? I know, right? And then Kathy sees them and she's just like, You're together. I don't like this guy, but now that I can't have him, I want him. Kind of, oh, is she every time she kind of like is like, you know what? Maybe I maybe I judged him too harshly. Maybe I should give him a, a second chance and she'll go over and then it's like she catches him making out with someone yeah. or she catches him being a dick or like yeah. fighting her dad. She, no, I was right. I don't want to be with this guy. <laughs> oh, it's wild. So then we go back to the girly show. He's singing it's carnival time, which again, he sung that earlier, but he's singing it again. Right. And he's just like, spend your money. It's like, that's the whole point. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> then there's a quick break. And they come back with Hard Knocks, which I think is another great song. Yes, I like that one, too. And this is when the Jordan Ayers, who have been in past movies, pop up again here. Oh, right, right. And this is when Harry Carver shows up, and he's just like, ooh, I want this guy. He's like, I certainly want me an Elvis Presley. He's wild. <laughs> it's true. That scene is in this movie. It is. He says. It is that scene, Joey. He says, we're the biggest in the business, you know. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you more money. Elvis is like, I don't want more money. This is the conversation. Like, what do you want? This is the conversation between him and Elvis on on the on the balcony on like the, the merry-go-round. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. in the movie was like, I predict big things for us. You're brawn in my brain <laughs> together. Harry's like, do you mind telling me how much she's paying? He's like, I don't care. Give me three hundred dollars plus whatever more I want. He, she's like, he's like, okay. So like, how much more do you want? He's like, I don't want anything more. <laughs> he's just like. He can't get it through his head. Wait, what? He's like, I got my eye on bigger things. He's like, I'm not doing it for the money. Which I kind of get, like, if you... It, I think it's a, honestly a lesson still applies. Like, if you're making enough money doing something that, like, is not, like, a career or whatever, where you're like, if you have the comfort of, like, I'm making enough, I don't need to push to get to the next level, where Elvis is like, I don't want to accept more money. It's a, it's a weird, maybe it doesn't exactly work, but it's like, I don't want more money because if I was making more money, I'd be like, I'd be okay here forever. But by basically being underpaid, I'm like, I'm out of here on Friday. Yeah, yeah. He needs a reason to still leave, it seems. Plus, it seems like he doesn't, it's more about his name and lights, right? Yeah. Like, they never put his name on the marquee, but the other guy does, I think. I'm pretty I think sure. So. I'm pretty it, sure. It seems like, we don't know, because we like. I feel like there's part of this movie that like, we just know about the because we don't need to know, like we don't know about the business of either of these carnivals, but it feels like the other carnival is like, come see Elvis at the carnival. Mm -hmm. And then Maggie is like, come see the carnival. We've got Elvis. Yes. Yep. That's exactly how it feels. So, and you got to, he's the draw. Like it's come to see Elvis stay for the carnival. Yep. And there is like, come for the carnival and see, you know, see the girly show. No, it, and it's like, come to the carnival and go on rides and have candy apples and eat mm -hmm. all kinds of treats and then see Elvis. Yeah. So after he sings Hard Knocks and after like, he starts having this conversation with Harry, mm -hmm. there's a 35 minute chunk with no songs. And a it gets very dark, like very fast. Like this movie gets disturbing with the dunk scene. So Elvis sees Kathy in her like bathing suit walking to the dunk tank, to the to the dirty show or whatever right mm -hmm. and he says to her are you cold or do i make you nervous and she says both and i'm like "Ooh, mm. i don't think that's what he wanted to hear nope so this is when he finally signs the contract and maggie's like joe he's 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 good for the thing and joe's like i got i got work to do i can't talk about this now my daughter's in the tank yep yeah, Kathy's working the dunk tank. And I think he's pissed at Kathy because Kathy's, like, warming up to Elvis. Yeah, he put her in the tank, like, as punishment. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so he's got pedals. He's got like a dunk pedal and a don't dunk pedal. Right. Like a lock. So that like whether the baseball hits the target or not, he can control if she gets dunked or not. So the guy like throws wildly at first and he dunks her anyway. The guy's like, I wasn't even close. He's like, oh, you hit it. He's like the air. The air was so strong. It made it go in or go over. So then Fred, the pitcher Mm -hmm. shows up. This is played by Steve Brody, who was in Blue Hawaii. Oh, okay. And he dunks her like eight times in a row. Yeah. And this poor actress, I think she took all those dunks. I think so, too. I think she had to. That They all look different. And Kathy, the character, and I feel like this is also maybe the actress, feels like she's having like an existential crisis in the tank. She's like, I don't <laughs> Dude, know why I'm it's, doing it's this. written all over her face. She's not acting. No. This is a moment of an actor going like, I shouldn't yeah. be an actor. This is, I just have to get through this. Because it's like probably you can see it saying, freezing. I just have to get through this. And this is the last movie I'm ever going to do in my life. Until I play Tommy Jarvis's mom in Friday the 13th. <laughs> well, you know, that, that role is a walk in the park compared to I this know. dunk tank thing. I mean, this is worse than anything Jason Voorhees will do to you. So Fred the Pitcher is doing all this stuff. And his mom, is that his mom or his wife no, there? that's his wife. That's his wife there. Everybody just looks old in these And movies. they're so annoying. Oh, my God. And like... I don't understand what anyone's getting out of this. Me neither. He's like sadistic in a way like I can dunk this girl. It's like, yeah, like you get paid semi-professionally to play baseball. Like, okay. He's, he's he, he seems drunk, but he's getting his kicks. He goes, I want to get her real wet. And he just can't stop throwing his balls at this girl to get her wet. And it is bothering me. <laughs> so Elvis sees this. And I think Joe is kind of getting like, all right, guy, like, let's move it on. He's the guy's really, like, yeah. guy's like mm, I still got money. Joe's trying to stop it. And Elvis shows up and he goes, I bet you 10 bucks you can't do it twice in a row. Meanwhile, he just did it like eight times like, in a row. Yeah. And his wife's like, all right, dumb bet. We'll take the bet. And so he does it once and Kathy gets dunked. Oh, no. I think he, he throws it once and Joe does the block. And he's yes. like, you're cheating. Come back out here. Or maybe he does it once or whatever. And the second time he blocks it. Yeah, he blocks one of them. And then he winds up again and Elvis just tackles him. I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, that's good. That's really good stuff. And then karate time. he karate's him. And then the wallet goes missing. And I don't understand really what happens because Elvis finds mm. it later yeah. on a bar under the thing. But I don't know how it gets yeah. there. So the wallet is genuinely lost on its own. Yes. Like there's no grift about that but the people are like oh they distracted us to steal our wallet and on top of that I they're thought, not letting I us elvis finish stole it like so the, did I. the movie logic makes sense yes. that elvis would steal it that's what i thought too but in the movie they're like joe stole it it's right like, and so he gets hauled off to prison or jail and, and later this, elvis mm-hmm. actually finds the yeah. wallet and this is where i feel like the artificial conflict is coming in because elvis finds this wallet right and he then kisses Madame because he's got to kiss Madame Mijanu again. Yeah, every just whatever. 20 minutes. And he's like, look, I love kissing you out in the open because the first girl I ever kissed, or first, oh, whatever he, I had it with or the whatever. The first like, time I made it. Made it. But I think he's talking about kissing. I don't think they're talking about sex. I think it's no, just. No, yeah, but. Like they're talking about know. sex, but they're talking about kissing, whatever. Or either way around. He's like, the first time I ever did it was outside, so I can only do it outside. I'm like, that's a weird thing to do. It's very strange. Just because, like, I first kissed the girl indoors doesn't mean it's the only place I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so then he, like, this is, like, the middle of the night because, like, this all happens at night. He mm-hmm. finds the wallet. He finds Madame Ingenue. He's trying to decide he, if he should bring the wallet to the prison. He goes to the Jeep, and he turns the Jeep on at 3 o'clock in the morning. Kathy's like, what are you doing? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. He's like, can I come in for a drink? And he kisses her, 
And she says, I'm not a one night stand. I want you to leave. And so he leaves. And he doesn't. He decides not to turn in the wallet to get her dad out of jail that night. Right. Which is the artificial conflict, I think, because then his motorcycle's ready and he's going to town to spring Joe from prison. But he gets sidetracked again by the wall of death. <laughs> and and he's literally goaded into doing this by someone calling him chicken. He says, not me, I'm a coward. He says, I'm a coward. And then he does it anyway. Because someone calls, because they literally like start making fun of him. Yeah. Like, okay, be a coward, you big old chicken, like yeah. all that kind of, it's like McFly. It's like back to the future. It makes no sense. Right. So then he does it. And they're like, where are you going? And it's just like, well, I found the wallet. I'm going to go get Joe out of jail. And they're like, you've had the wallet the entire time. It's like, <laughs> assholes. I tried to leave last night. Kathy brought me inside. I tried to leave now. You brought me over here. It was three in the morning. They weren't going to let him out anyway. And everyone's like, you need to leave. It's like, he did nothing wrong. I'm like, this is just like, this is the part of the movie where Elvis has to go away for a while. <laughs> But he even had valid points. He's like, maybe he would dry out overnight. You know, maybe, you know, he'd, it would be good for him. This, that, also, yeah, like, this guy hates Elvis. Yeah. Elvis doesn't owe this guy shit. Great point. Elvis could just take the wallet, motorcycles are ready, and just leave. Plus, Elvis is kind of a big asshole jerk in this movie anyway. Like, this isn't the worst thing he's done in the entire no. movie. So he, then he almost karate a guy to death twice. <sighs> so they're all like, get out. He's like, all right. I'll go to Harry. Like, screw your contract. Yeah. I'll, go to, I'll go to Colonel Tom. And so then he goes to Colonel Tom, where who clearly like they're they're billing him as the new guy. Shot in Colonel Tom's office. And there's a dancer, Little Egypt, who comes out and he sings a song, Little Egypt. So Little Egypt is played by this woman, Wilda Taylor, who's gonna come mm -hmm. back in both Frankie and Johnny and Harem Scarum, the oh. twin movie. We cut back to our first carnival, and Maggie's like Oh, we have no money. <laughs> oh, but it's three weeks later. Did you catch that? Yeah. I was like, whoa, we're doing time. Like Elvis has been away for almost a month when he was going to move on on Friday. Yeah. Now he's across town. Mm -hmm. And why haven't they moved on? How long does a carnival generally stay in an area? I think it depends. I think they're, sometimes they're like there for like a month maybe, but I don't know. It does feel like they've like been they there should a have while. gotten out of that yeah. place. So like it's weeks later and Kathy's like, him and Emmy, she knew, like, what was the deal with you and Elvis? And she's like, there was no deal. Like, we were just like, he's an asshole, basically, right? Like, and then Kathy is like, oh, I really screwed things up. I got to go get him back, not for me, but for Maggie. Yeah, to save the carnival. Now, I have a question here because Fortune Teller mentions two references, and I, and I wonder if this is, like, around the time that these became references. So first she mentions... Einstein's theory, like E equal MC square. Like that's she, from like the 30s or something. Okay. That's, that's so, way, way before. So it's been around. The other thing she mentions is um, we only got the first base. So when was first base a euphemism? Baseball as metaphor for sex origin. Aftermath of World War II. Okay. I wonder why that started, but this seems to be like a very early reference of that. In American slang, baseball metaphors for sex are often used as euphemisms for the degree of physical intimacy achieved in sexual encounters or relationships. In the metaphor, first prevalent in the aftermath of World War II, sexual activities are described as if they are actions in the game of baseball. Baseball has also served as the context for metaphors about sexual roles and identities. Among the most commonly used metaphors is the progress of a batter and base runner in describing levels of intimacy traditionally from a heterosexual perspective. 
But it doesn't say like first usage or any of that kind of stuff. Like mm. first from a Marx Brothers movie or some shit like that, you know? Or like first from a Wall Street Journal article about baseball and someone having sex at the baseball field. Or the sequence shit. of running the bases is often regarded as a script or pattern for young people experimenting with rela sexual relationships. The script may have slightly changed since the 1960s. I think it's just like when people started okay. like being more sexually open. Um, right. Maybe because after the war, baseball was probably like solidified as like, it's not going anywhere. It's national pastime now. Like we need to integrate it into American society. What better way than to link it to like sex? I mean, I feel like that's what they did with the automobile. Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, there's, there's no history. It's just okay. like after World War II. So it just, it just, it just rang my ear, you know, to, to be like, oh, she's throwing out like these references and things like that. I right. wonder how old these references are. So, I mean, it's, it's relatively newish. I think, I mean, mm -hmm. the 60s, obviously like a big decade for like sexual Sex. liberation and yeah. stuff right so yeah even though they're still like kissing yeah it's weird because i mean my my reference point is literally the movie back to the future one when i think in the 50s mm -hmm. and like how chaste it was and how like you know yeah hill valley is yep. basically like what i think of when i think of the 50s so it's still kind of hard to be like no people were just as perverted people as they were yeah, today exactly. yeah <laughs> Uh, so then Elvis sings the song Big Love, Big Heartache. This is another one at Carver's Carnival. This is a ballad. And Kathy comes up backstage. I'm like, who let her backstage? I don't know. And she's like, I no longer blame you for letting jo Joe stew in jail overnight. Dude, it feels like we are racing towards the end of this movie. Well, because it's like there's no music. And then all of a sudden music is back. It's just like, well, we got to fit in four songs in the last like 15 minutes. Is Elvis wearing that amazing belt in this sequence too? I, don't I just have Maybe. written down. He's putting on. It looks like a weight belt, but Ooh. it has like studs on it. I, gotta I think it's right after when he's leaving back for the carnival. I gotta pay more attention to his outfits. Like I do sometimes, and I don't other times. He, sh I didn't he really showed miss. up in his um, denim tux, mm. his full-on denim Jay Leno uh, collection. Canadian tuxedo. Canadian tuxedo. That's it. Uh, he had a pretty dope red jacket on at one point. So he takes all the money that Carver was going to pay him. He gives Carver fifty bucks back. And then leaves with a thousand dollars. Like I'll pay you back. It's like mm, you're not going to. We know you're not going to. And he gives all that money to Maggie. Maggie's like, oh, this solves all the problems. Yeah, he gets there just in time as the like guys coming. The guy from the bank is like, all right, give me the carnival keys because mm -hmm. the bank owns it now. And I was like, what about this? How about a thousand bucks? And he's like, well, gee, yeah, sure. This that is happens plenty. to be the exact amount of money she owes us. <laughs> I know that's the best. So then, <laughs> back at Maggie's carnival, he sings. There's a brand new day on the horizon, which I think is another really good song. And there's a big sign behind him that says Charlie Rogers is back, which is sure. And Elvis is like passing out pizzas and going booth to booth and singing. Yeah, that part's great. That's like what we are looking for more of is like the all involved musical where like everybody's a prop and everybody's dancing in unison. I think there was one more of those early on where he was sort of walking around and getting people involved in the well, it's song. Well, the first Carnival Barking song. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really it's, like, it's, it's that. like a, it's like a It's a new song, but the same thing, right? Where it's yeah. just like... I'm walking around talking about how great the carnival is. You're already in here. You don't need, I don't need to sell you on the carnival. <laughs> That's so funny. But spend more money. <laughs> You're already here. Spend more money. Yeah, I like that. It was really well shot. A really, really good way to like sort of end the movie and everything. Um, oh, oh, when he comes back and he like hands the money over and, and they're all like, so Joe, he's not so bad, is he? And he's like, I don't know. There's one more thing he still won't do. And, and they're like, yeah, what about, how about it, Charlie? And he's like, all right. I love you, Kathy, or whatever. And they're like, finally, we've been waiting for you. And just like, all right, you're okay now. And everyone's like, yay, let's have a wedding. <laughs> but there is no wedding. No, there's no wedding. Yeah. And he's not an ex-serviceman. 
Um, I know we'll get to the guesses in a little bit, but yeah, that's, but, but I thought it was incredible how like, it's still like a super quick whipped up ending kind of thing. Yeah. Or like we're paying off the bank. Everybody likes each other. Well, we're going to be together. I think All right. Also, the carnival saved. So there's two things at play here. I think number one, they're like, Oh, we forgot what the movie's actually about, which apparently <laughs> is somehow like it's, about banking. It's about nothing. Right. But it's also like, I think having the songs throws off the pacing of the movie. Yeah. Cause it's like, we're a drama now. Like we're like, yes. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, idiot we have elvis (laughs) dude that's how i felt the whole movie where i was like from the beginning i'm like this isn't going to be wacky like this is just going to be a movie yeah it's just going to be like very straightforward like it doesn't even need to be elvis and if there were no songs in this it still would be perfectly fine like i think what you part of what you wrote on letterboxd is like it's just like a pretty good movie it's like yeah i don't want that me neither that's what i meant (laughs) by that too because i go on to say like it doesn't have any of that craziness that most people think are like a detriment, but I really elevate the Elvis movies into like its own right. thing. This didn't feel like in league with the last few, which were just like, what the hell's going on? This is, this is just crazy. Cause it's an Elvis movie and they do crazy things. This is like Elvis got this role. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel like anyone might've been able to play a couple other people could have played this part too. Didn't now I like Elvis in it. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's gained a little weight. I think you could see it a little bit. I don't mind that either, but, but I'm again, just saying like, this like scene, I mean, well, it just doesn't seem like a, like a targeted ad for Elvis, where it's like, we're going to have you play right. an asshole. <laughs> like, why would you right. do that? Although he's played he sort had, of despicably. He's actually not in a while. probably played more people that are disliked than like actually liked. But we've been on a run where it's like, he's more the hero. Sure. Like he's seen yeah. as like, yeah. we need you to save the day. Like we we're calling in Elvis to help us. He's also like lecherous in this in a way that he hasn't been in a while where he's like he's always kind of like every girl wants to be kissed by me and I'm gonna kiss whoever I want but this one it feels predatory more so than in a other little, recent movies yeah he's coming on too strong yeah any other notes about this or should we do oh, our end of the episode stuff no I had so many notes but I think we actually got through all the main ones that I wanted to talk about again because like there's no scene in here where we're both like losing our fucking minds mm-hmm. you know and like that they like this the one thing it's missing i and lost I, my mind about the wall of death but only because you said that yes same here i couldn't believe it was in the movie and i thought i was like it's kind of wasted like the whole movie should have been like him building up to do the yeah. wall of death to show he's like like the diving board in fun mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i thought it was going to be that and i was like I'm glad we have it, but I can't believe it's just a bit. He just does it in front of other carnies. And then that's it. He doesn't yeah. even do it in front of the crowd. Imagine him doing that, singing a song. Man. I'm on the wall of death right now. I'm going 40 yeah, plus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. So, okay. Still some good stuff. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 perfectly natural, 1 forced. How forced are these songs? Again, we talked about, I think like there's some that are definitely forced, but I think the fact that they're like, no, he's a musician with aspiring, yeah. like I think it makes more sense. So it's better than it's been with like, Viva Las Vegas and Kissing oh, yeah. Cousins. Oh, yeah. Way better. It's better than it's up until like, I think Fun in Acapulco was the last time yeah. we got close to it. So it's got to be at least whatever we gave that We movie. gave Acapulco a 9. That's, uh, that's we high. were insane. We also gave World's Fair an 875, which feels too that's high. That's also crazy because that's the one where he sings Let's in his mind. Let's knock those both down one. He sings in his mind. He can't have an eight. That has to be like a six. Acapulco? No, World's Fair. Right? That's well, the we, one. So we gave Girls, Girls, Girls a six five. Jesus, they're all sort of. Starting. I think it's like, well, the last movie was terrible in terms of this. All right, so we'll drop World's Fair. Oh, boy. 
I think this has I to... Can't, we can't really go back. I knocked out those done. <laughs> so we'll just say this is an 8.5 out of 10. All right, that's fine, whatever. I mean, look, this isn't like sanctioned by anything official anyway, so... I was also trying to rank this again. I'm like, I don't remember the plots of any of these movies. I remember a couple of them at the top and at the bottom. And like, this is somewhere in the middle. I'm just like, I can't I'll, I'll tell you right now, my favorite Elvis movies are when he starts as one thing and becomes another thing so far. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a boxer. No, now I'm a pilot. Yeah. And in this one, he just stayed aroused about. Well, he became aroused. He did become about. He, he became <laughs> okay. aroused about. But then he just stayed yeah. there. So the best Elvis song so far is "Still Can't Help Falling in Love." Like I think there are three or four good songs in the movie. I don't remember how any of them go, mm-hmm. uh, other than "Roused About Roused About Him." Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay, it's okay. You guessed. We did this though. We did the guess, and then we said we what ahead. it was. Yes. Yeah, so why don't we do so that you again? You looked ahead to El. You said Elvis is part of a biker gang that rolls in town. Everyone is nervous about them doing bad stuff. They're actually good bikers who sing and dance and help out. Then Elvis falls for a local girl, but so does another biker. There's a leader dispute at the end. There's a knife fight. We got a knife thrower, so not exactly. <laughs> he but was never knife. on screen. Elvis wins, but no one dies. He gets married. And I said, it's Footloose-esque. He's a lone biker because we saw him on the motorcycle. Yeah, that's all we knew. Lone biker who enters a town and helps them remember how to have fun. He gets married. Kind of. You're closer. I Am think- I? Helps them remember how to have fun. He brings the fun back to the carnival. I appreciate that. I don't think I'm right, but whatever. You're closer than I was. Okay, Mike, the next movie, the next year we're in is 1965 now, Mm. where you've got three movies in 1965. This first one- It's like the MCU. Is called Girl Happy. All right. Now, okay, this is misleading because Girls, Girls, Girls was about boats. Right. So is this boat happy? Kissing cousins. He didn't kiss his actual cousin. No, that's just a phrase that means like you're close enough to kiss. Um, girl happy. Girl happy. Oh my god, could it be more vague? Like, keep in mind, nothing has to happen. <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna just all right. So, like, what can you say about this? I'm gonna say Elvis is hired to be a tour guide. I don't know where they could be. Let's say Florida. He works in Florida. He's a tour guide. He falls for the girl. And oh my God. And then, dude, there's no way to guess this. There's no way to guess this. Um, He meets a girl and they're very happy. I mean, dude, no, I, you might as well just scrub all that. Like what? What? Honestly, that's enough for a movie. Okay, say it back. Say it back. Elvis is hired to be a tour guide in Florida. He meets a girl and is very happy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think my guess here is we're gonna see a trend, and again, I'm probably gonna be wrong because I don't think I've gotten anything even close to oh, right. Oh, I I have a oh, I have a better guess. Go for it. No, no, go for it. You sure? Yeah. He judges a beauty contest. That's pretty good. And he's girl happy. So many girls. I think he is an aspiring singer. I think we're going to have that. I think this is right. like, I can do this. This is in my wheelhouse. People want to see this. He's an aspiring singer, but that's all I've got. I think it has to be, <laughs> I think, mm, see, it's, it's so vague. It's too vague. I mean, the next movie I will let you know is tickle me. So we got to figure out what tickle me is. Oh brother. But I think, I think here the, the the twist the Elvis twist here is that he's romantically involved with four girls. Oh, I see what you're doing. 
And he's trying to kind of keep all the plates spinning. Uh, trying to keep all four girls happy. What am I supposed to do? I got a date with Lisa and Jane tonight. But aren't you supposed to see Dot? Else? Oh, man. Too many girls. <laughs> Time to find out Sweet. what girl happy is. Oh, brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> you got part of it right. No way. A Chicago mobster. Wait, well, I got part of I got part of this right, too. Okay. <laughs> a Chicago mobster hires a rock and roll singer. Okay, that's you. And his band, sure. Yeah. To keep an eye on his daughter during spring break in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh my God. So Joey, he's a rock and roll. He wrote an Elvis movie. He's a rock and roll singer <laughs> in Florida. And then in the mob for good measure. There is Okay, so there's an actor playing a guy named Big Frank. There's an actress playing Sunny Days, D-A-Z. That just straight up sounds like a porn name. My God. I think the girl he's tasked to keep an eye on is played is named Valerie, played by Shelly Fabares, F-A-B-A-R-E-S, mostly known for the Donna Reed show and Coach. Okay. I watched Coach. She sang on the, the soundtrack for Mermaids, the Cher movie. She is... Currently, not currently, I guess, is she still alive? Uh, yeah, I think she's still alive. I don't think she's acting she, anymore. But most recently, coffin. she voiced Martha Kent on a bunch of different Superman things. Oh, very cool. Uh, Nita Talbot, who plays Sunny Days, is from Hogan's Heroes. Oh, she's just kind of like a working actress. Hogan. Hogan's Heroes and Mannix and the Funny Feeling and stuff like that. But okay. Okay. And she also, and wow. Hogan Heroes is a Al Ruddy joint. The weird coincidence <laughs> is that, that her. No. Al um, Ruddy of the Godfather. I did know that because he pitched at the end of the show, right? He's like, I got an idea. Or not, no, no, he's like in the beginning. middle of the show. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going from TV to movies. I'm working on this thing now. I want to work on it. It's called Hogan's thing. Heroes. I'm like, this sounds like a terrible pitch. How did anybody think this was a good idea? No, no, especially from the world's most boring man. The the interesting thing, interesting, maybe strong word about this Nita Talbot who plays Sunny Day is the, mo- the most recent thing she acted in, which is in 1997, so a while ago, was in a Spider Man animated series. So oh. one did Superman and one did Spider Man. Awesome. Cool. I hope this is Spring Breakers. Oh, dude, it is. It's totally Spring Breakers. And you know that the mob sent other guys down to make sure Elvis doesn't get too handsy, and it's going to be a whole bunch was of, like... Was the last mob one King Creole? No. It was the Flor- the other Florida one. Oh. When they Follow just, that dream. Yeah, where they're like, oh, we right, live here now. Oh, because the mob's like, oh, yeah, we live here now, too. They're like... <laughs> and Elvis is like, they made me sheriff. <laughs> it's like, that was insane. That was insane. Remember that? Where we're like, is the movie really like we live here now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, our car broke down. We live here now. They're like, yeah, you legally own it. It's like, I guess you do. Wow. Okay. Girl happy. Okay. Spring Breakers. All right. I'm glad the two of us were able to channel Somehow that. we got it right collectively. Yeah. Rock and roll singer in Florida. Yours was a, a, a blinder guess. Me just saying he's a rock and roll singer is like, okay. Like, yes. I just but, think it's like, like... I don't know. We're out of ideas. Like, unless he's like an astronaut, just like he's a singer. See, yeah, okay, he's never fine. he's never going to be the things I want him to be ever, like a pirate or an astronaut or any of that kind of, you know, a treasure hunter, you know. But it, they're like, he could always be a tour guide. Mm-hmm. He could always be a chaperone. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's what people want to think of Elvis as is someone that you could leave your teenage kids with and not get molested. Well, it feels like he's also getting older, but like these are all like in the same year. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he's actually getting older. Three it's... movies this year. Yeah. Can you name another actor? When's the last time an Cage. actor? Well, Cage did nine in one year. Well, a couple years Cage ago. doesn't count because well, Bruce Arcade. Willis did eleven last year. Well, he doesn't count either because he that was, was that's elder abuse. I know he was kind of like making sure he had whatever. But like, you know, maybe Sam Jackson because of the amount of MCU he's in. Yeah, but he's not the lead in three exactly. movies a year. That's what I'm saying. Like it would be... also while he's a touring musician, theoretically, right? Yeah, he's also doing shows and concerts and stuff. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio makes what a movie every three years? Yeah, I don't know. Although, yes, I'm comparing well, Elvis yeah, to Leo. They, they both love 24 <laughs> and young, young, 24 old, years old. They and keep younger. getting older, and they stay the same age. Yeah. That is their yeah. That uh, I will say that Girl Happy is a six three on IMDb, which is a higher okay. higher rating than Roustabout, and actually, it's the highest since Follow That Dream. It's tied with uh, Viva Las Vegas, but a while back since there was a higher movie, and it has a three zero on Letterboxd, which is also higher than Roustabout. So this one collectively oh, is deemed to be a slightly better movie than Roustabout. Well. I mean, I didn't hate Roused about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's obvious that like, it, you know, it's not the best movie, but like, it was a fine movie. If this is supposed to be better than that, then I think I'm going to like it. You know, hopefully there's just, we're going to like them all. I just, no, get weird, get weird again, get weird again, because these aren't weird anymore. Yeah. Well, anymore, we're one movie away from Well, Viva Las Vegas wasn't really weird, right? It didn't really uh, quite well, pass I my test. Like, and I felt it did, it, it got, it almost did for me with Anne Margaret's just general insanity, like the way she danced, the look in her eyes sometimes. Um, but you're right. No, technically, it, it, it didn't have like a scene out of place, so to speak. Mike, do I need to remind you of, oh, what was the word? I got to find it. Oh, right. Fuck. What was the word? It was It was in Kissing Cousins, the Kitty Hawks. You remember the Kitty Hawks? Of course I remember the Kitty Hawks. How can you tell me that Viva Las Vegas is weird one movie after Kissing Cousins where there's a roving group <laughs> right. of women looking to marry, well, quote unquote, as, marry as, uh -huh. any men they find? Good. Yeah, you're right. The walls have ears. We're, we're, we're two movies away from the yeah. weird. Okay. So we're two removed at this point. We can't get three or else that's too far from the coast. You know, we won't find our way back. I need weird. I need weird. I need things that I've never. And I know that the next one, well, the next movie being called Tickle Me. Already. I think the title alone. And the one after that is Harem Scarum. So there's more twin stuff, right? So like yeah. this one. And I think that's going to be just offensive. This one is the <laughs> last one that like could go either way possibly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it and it went the wrong way for us. Like it's you know, like because we wanted it to go off the rails, yeah, which is weird. Because I think like Viva Las Vegas is pretty good. Rastabat's pretty good, but just like I don't want to see a pretty good movie. I want to see a weird movie. I feel you now. Now I've definitely lockstep with. I you. I feel like we have, we, we are doing this maybe incorrectly, but whatever. It's what? Fine. How we're doing? Now we're up to one a month. That's good. Maybe we will drop back. Do we have another? No, 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 no. I don't want to do it. No, I'm just saying we. I, I'm saying that like, it. We're asking for too much, maybe. No, they okay. shouldn't have put Elvis in a movie a year if they yeah. if they didn't want us to like... If they didn't want us 60 years later to watch no. one of them. Well, I'm just saying they're trying to like flood us with Elvis, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not complaining. That's I'm just saying. What's our next 
other episode. Oh. I mean, we got Charlie's movies to catch up on, but I feel like we also. Fa- uh, I want to say Fast 10. But we but haven't done F9 yet. And that's for your show. Ooh. Oh, uh, I felt you like want to be we... on my Guardians episode? Nope. Yeah, it looks depressing, man. I don't even want to see that movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know what I do want to see, though, is the Marvels. That looks fun. So, the most disliked trailer on YouTube. That is ridiculous. toxic masculinity. It's the first Marvel movie in five movies that looks like it's going to be fun and not a fucking therapy session. Summer of Brie Larson, baby. That's true. Or the year of Brie Larson, because like, Marvel's is like this fall or something, right? Anyway. Oh, anyway, thank anyway. you for listening. Riley Keogh News, I don't think I have anything. Just still. Uh, the show's going on. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to watching it when we get there. Yeah. I'm not going to. You're going to stay there for like six years from now. <laughs> if we do one a month, we had to go through Elvis and then all the Elvis associated things and then Priscilla and then Riley. Okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I don't really want to do this because I don't think. What, this show anymore? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm quitting. This is the last episode. No, we were talking before about Patreons and bonus episodes and like your other show and like things, ideas and whatever. I don't really want to do a Patreon because I don't, I don't want to put pressure on people for if they want to. I mean, I know the whole point of Patreon is like if you want to pay money or whatever, but if you want, if you're listening to the show and you are interested in like Priscilla stuff sooner or Riley stuff, Riley stuff sooner, or like just Elvis related things like, like concert films yeah, or whatever things, documentaries, just email King at cageclub.me. And I'm curious. Cause like we could do stuff as like bonuses. I don't, I don't we know. could do that stuff out of order. It's we the Elvis do... movies proper. I'd like to keep yeah. straight, but I don't mind jumping around and saying like next episode doing naked gun for Priscilla. Like, just just saying. But not on the main feed or not on the main feed? No, well, like as a bonus yeah. or whatever. Like, a, you know, I don't mind like supplementing. So I don't want to be like, would you give us money? Because like I don't, we're we're doing this just what's, for fun. What's the least amount that you can give for Patreon? A dollar. A dollar? dollar a month. Okay. For Too Fast, we, we let anybody in the door for a dollar. You get everything basically. Right. So, yeah, that's how it'd have to be. If you like the show enough for that, email King at King, or just email anyway and just say hi and let us know that you're and, listening because it's fun to know that people still care about these movies. And like, honestly, I feel like the only reason that that would have to be like a, a tier kind of thing is just because there is like work to go into this stuff, like the extra work for the editing think, and the preparing lot, and then think, we have lives and jobs and stuff. So. I think what a lot of other Patreons do is like, they're just like five bucks a month. And you get like a thing, like you get bonus episodes or whatever. So like, would you pay $5 a month? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I've, I don't know. I feel like the whole Patreon thing, like, you know, we have a relatively moderately successful one for two vets. Again, not enough to make a living, not even close to make a living, barely pays the bills, but like, you know, yeah, people like that show. So if you're out there, just email king at cageclub.me and, you know, let us know. But yeah. Thank you for listening. Any other thoughts, Mike, about Elvis or Roust about or anything? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to the next one, as always. Girl happy, spring breakers, wild for the night. Ready to go. Fuck being polite. (laughs) All right, Uh, Elvis has left the building.